Oh, wait, should we have a normal intro on this one? Because it's it's not like a normal episode. Why don't we just say this is our super secret bonus intro, etc. <laughs> do we have to sing the music ourselves like they do on the Doofcast? How would you even do that? Actually, yes, that should be our intro. I think we just started. Okay, I'm Inyash Brodsky. I'm Steven Zuber. I'm Jess Dickey. Welcome to the Bayesian Conspiracy. Hey, a special mini episode of the Bayesian Conspiracy. Um, because in the last episode, one of our listener feedbacks was on the abortion um, situation. And that led us to talking to that a bunch, which, first of all, was long. It made that whole episode way too long. But also, um, we'd got in a number of feedbacks along the lines of, hey, I'm not really all that interested in the abortion stuff. Like, the the politics american politics is not a thing i care for that much i'm not in america i'm not a big fan of politics in general and i was like yeah that's fair let's just cut this out and have a special episode about just this topic so people who don't want to hear it or don't care about it don't have to that makes sense i mean we don't spend a lot of time talking about american politics but this was no. in the news so yeah and we happen to live here so and have strong or at least i have strong opinions on it yeah yeah i think i do too cool and uh, also, this way, it'll allow us to... We got a n- another email that Kate and I saw, at least, after we recorded that little section. And I felt bad about the the abortion section that we recorded because I feel like I was much too... Um, I don't want to say triggered because that's a stupid word, but much too... Charged? Charged, yeah. Really overwhelmingly on one side. And um, that's probably not the best way to discuss these things. And so I also want to walk that back a little bit. So before we so get... by destroying the evidence and doing and doing a do-over, you get to do just that. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to right now paste in everything that we said on that episode uh, about a week ago. Oh, okay. So I don't have to re- uh, We're not going to go over that same comment again. Nope. I'm pasting it all in. Uh, since we're on the topic of morality anyway, and our last episode talked on something that is considered morally touchy by a lot of people, let's read a couple feedbacks. Yeah, it's. A username, so I'm going to say it, Weapon in the Water, uh, says, I think it's sad that a potential human life is not allowed to happen. That someone that could have experienced all the cool things going on is not going to be allowed that experience. And I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. I agree with both of those things. It's, I mean, that's a drag every time it happens. And every time it doesn't happen, right? Like, in the pointlessly maximizing way, I think... Ah, I was going to get off course. I mean, we could clone a bunch of people right. or, or make them artificially yeah. and give that give the universe that many more sentient beings. Yeah, um, and, yeah but repugnant conclusion? Right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. There's there's resource problems. But um, it's it's worth pondering about if you're inclined. Like, would that be a good thing if resources weren't a problem? And maybe. So I, I will say I like the sentiment behind this idea because... It, it is the idea that it's sad that there aren't more happy people in the world. And yes, I agree that is true. However, um, I think this is an incoherent statement, personally, because a potential human life is a such a vague term. Like, it sounds very much like Weapon in the Water considers any fertilized egg to be a potential human life, which now you should be sad if it doesn't come to fruition, but... Every time a woman menstruates, that's a potential human life, which doesn't come to fruition. 
Anytime two people walk by each other on the street who could have made it and don't make eye contact when they could have made eye contact and that could have led down the line too. Yeah, <laughs> like there's there's so many like things that you could define as potential human life. Dude, every time a fertile male ejaculates, that's a potential human life that is wasted. That's not or, one. Or that's or many. <laughs> or as Sam Harris put it in his uh, book, Bashing Christianity, a uh, letter to a Christian nation. He's like the president at this time, George Bush, commits a, a Holocaust of potential persons every time he scratches his nose, right? right? Because, like, the cells that he scratches off right here, oh, like, oh. you could clone those into more George Bushes. Right? right, yeah. So, like, that the... Once we reach the transhuman future, that makes it sound like it is sad if we do not create every single version of every entity that can exist in our computers. And once we can run all of them and, like, we won't reach the repugnant conclusion because there's enough resources, then absolutely do it. I don't know if I would say absolutely do it. I don't... I, I cannot mourn for people that could potentially exist because that is infinite mourning at that point or functionally you wouldn't have to mourn for them you'd be waking them up yeah i don't i don't necessarily want to do that either that's a lot of electricity i was i was on board i'm saying in the transhumanist future where we have the resources to do this and there's no reason not to those resources that take away from enosh's eternity (laughs) (laughs) well i mean there's still a possibly limit to the energy that is available in the universe so the only thing that i I was on board right up until you said you can't mourn from people who don't exist um like I don't think you're saying this, but one could use that to say, well, that's why I don't care about taking care of the planet because I'll be dead in 50 years. Right. And so the people who like are going to not be born because the earth's going to cook and we're all going to, they're all going to die. Like to say you don't care about them. That seems like an asshole because you can, you can do something about it. Right. Well, I, I abstractly value human life continuing and like there being more people in the future, but I cannot individually mourn each single individual that could have come to existence, but didn't. That means I have to mourn for all the other sperm that didn't fertilize the egg that became me. I like, but then I would be dead because there's only one egg for all those sperm to fertilize. You know, they, right? There's so many other potential people that could have popped out of my mom's womb, June twenty first, nineteen eighty, and uh, only I did. And I don't want to feel like a murderer of, I don't know, tens of thousands of people because they didn't come into existence. So I think the the real problem with this argument is that it it assumes and there's there's a similar thing later on it assumes that a fertilized egg is a potential human being of moral worth and i think that's not true that until there is a a neurological network in the case of humans at least uh there's nothing there to be mourned there's nothing i would describe as a person i know me either i i do have like I'm, I'm pro-abortion. Don't get me wrong. There's this. I think I get the sense of what they're talking about when I think about, like you mentioned, the the millions of sperm that could have could have been fertilized instead of you. Mm-hmm. Your parents could have copulated another night. They, you know, they your parents parents could have never met. It, going going on back. So the odds of you existing are like astronomically small, right? Mm-hmm. Which in a way is exhilarating and awesome. Mm-hmm. And the the odds of you existing sharply go up the second that you're a fetus. That right. Like way yeah, sharply yeah. Yeah, from, yeah, from where yeah. they were. A I few think weeks just earlier. because there's a higher probability of you becoming a person doesn't mean you have greater moral weight, though. Well, it's like it's it's like it's more like it's not just a problem. I mean, it, it, to I, to throw rough numbers on it, it's like your odds of becoming a person from being fertilized are like what maybe one in two if you're not you know uh, miscarried at, in early uh, after conception or something. Right. I see Whereas before saying. that, they're like one in fifty five trillion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's yeah, but certain, you're still not a person yet. No, you're not a person yet. But I see what you're saying. There's, there's, mm. 
I get what you mean, that there's a much higher potential all of a sudden of a specific person being. The potentiality went from, like, astronomically impossible to where you'd be a complete idiot to ever bet on it to, like, a really good chance. Yeah. Um, but that said, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. But I, I, I guess for me, that's where I get some... That's where, like, when I was left religion and, like, had all this death anxiety, I found a lot of comfort in that, like, idea of, like, how special it is to be alive mm-hmm. because the odds were, like, super small. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you know, the odds of then being alive now are, you know, it's just... So there's this whole, like, awesomeness to that. Um, Richard Dawkins had a great book that basically started that way, uh, Unweaving the Rainbow. Um, and there's a few great clips of him reading that first few couple paragraphs on YouTube. And that's that's the that's the thrust of it. Like, being alive is a fucking miracle yeah. in every sense but the religious one. I and, also... I think there's a common mistake of looking at what exists and comparing it to that not existing. Like, for example, um, people right now, some people, some lawmakers are on about how vaping is terrible and it's destroying people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because they're comparing vaping to not vaping. And yes, vaping is worse than not vaping because you're still putting some chemicals in your lungs. Uh, But the alternative for most people isn't not vaping. It's smoking burning tobacco. Which is much worse. So if they were to ban vaping, they would make the world worse off because people would be sicker and worse. And so they're comparing to the wrong thing. And I think this is the same kind of case where someone sees a fertilized egg and is comparing it to their not being that egg fertilized and being like, it's sad that there's one less person in the world. But that's usually not the case. Like, if that if that uh, parent couple wants a child, they will have a different child later but if they have this child now, they are denying life to that future child because they'll have this child instead. So you're trading one life for another, and this one life may be worse than that one could be. And even if this is someone who doesn't want any children ever, so it's an actual person being stopped, brought into the world, first of all, that may be a good thing if the parent does not want to have children. But secondly, if you go with the theory that there is a limited amount of resources and the amount that people reproduce is affected by that in some way, they could simply be transferring which people are born uh, that, you know, forcing someone who didn't want to have a kid using up the resources for their kid that maybe some other couple would use to have their kid instead. That one's much more iffy. I'm not as on board with it, but in the grand scheme of things, if you can only support 10 billion people, then one person having an abortion isn't going to... It's One person having a kid born somewhere is going to deny a different kid being born somewhere else, maybe. Well, at the very least, maximize like you want to maximize the number of kids whose parents wanted them to exist. Yeah, sure. And I think we I think we cut off the rest of their their. Um... Yeah, that was the part that had to do with abortion. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next part was after the calls by Inayash to vacate the states after raising terrible legislation. You all went on to talk about raising the sanity waterline. I find that a little hypocritical. No offense meant. I think instead no taken. <laughs> I think instead the call should be for rationalists capable of extroversion and cross-cultural communications to migrate to those areas because there's work in need of doing. And it goes on a bit, but I think that's the main point there. I live in the middle. I interact with people every day, and I think that they are on the whole pretty good people. They just aren't exposed to alternative ideas in a friendly format. They depend on Fox News and their fellow parishioners and coworkers to help frame the way that they view the world. I'm here to be the friendly coworker and acquaintance with weird ideas and thoughts to back them up because I'm trying to live with the principle that others' sanity is my business. I, I think that's great if you're if you're there and you have the temperament for it. He um, says, I can tie this back into HPMOR as most things can be. You can't leave the state behind to explore the stars or enjoy your cloistered awesomeness. 
You have to stay and fight until it is right. And thank you for tying it to that, because I, I agree. Everything could be tied back to methods of rationality. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's something to that. And so I think part of my, my, my reply was that, like, we don't have to go there to help with the problem. Like, part of what we're, like, if he lives there and he's hearing, or excuse me, if they're living there and they're hearing this, we're doing that from here. I mean, that's true. Yeah. So, we also weren't telling people to leave the states. We were telling specifically women who want to get an abortion or who are afraid of having this legislation affect them to leave the states. I think that's different. I, think, I was specifically saying any fertile woman should probably get out of there. Yeah. I think I think Enosh's statement was, was stronger. Uh, yeah. um, but and, and but really, still, I mean... Any uh, fertile, non-exclusively gay male should probably get out of there, too. But, uh, well, I'm going to let you continue before I jump in with my thing. Yeah, no, I was just, uh, this person seems to be thinking that we're saying that this is a bad place to live and everyone should leave, or all the sane people should leave. I think the people who are in danger of being affected by this law should leave. But um, that doesn't mean that, like, it's a lost cause, let's, let's you know, abandon it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the important distinction, is, yeah, if you're, if you're at risk of, you know, imagine if there's something, you know, much more, um, well, it's, I mean uh much more intense like mur you know capital punishment for getting an abortion or something um like then yeah get the fuck out of there and i think anyone who's like no stick around and fight i mean i guess you can do your best to avoid needing an abortion but maybe it was something you know crazier like you know capital punishment for being black like if you're black then you better get the fuck out of georgia right um so and that that's not like well you should stay and try to make things better it's like i should leave and try and make things better i think is what we're trying to say uh you know go go across the state lines and shout across state lines or send letters or go on the internet where you can communicate with people from there from the safety of not being lynched from you know across the state border so um yeah my my opinion of it is that i think that is very admirable and if people can stay i agree with the writer that uh this cannot be done remotely. I mean, there's some things that people can do from the outside, but it really takes <laughs> boots on the ground, as they say, like knowing people, letting them see that liberals aren't baby killing monsters. They are humans just like you and we can all interact and get along. And, you know, you can meet your, your black neighbor as well as your liberal neighbor or whatever, or your gay neighbor. And that's what really leads to, to understanding and to cultural not cross-contamination, but... Cl <laughs> <laughs> Cultural harmony. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> what do you call it? Good contamination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, on the other hand, I could not in, in, in any good conscience tell anyone who has the possibility of being involved with a child coming into the world to stay in, in those states. Like, it, to me, seriously, that is a thing that is... Uh, scary enough that I would leave and I would advise other people to leave because I mean the the law is not in effect yet it may never be in effect but uh, I would feel guilty if I didn't say to people for your own health safety well-being you should probably get out of there and if people who want to stay that's awesome and I admire them but uh, on the other hand there comes a point where like all your neighbors are are eyeing you and reaching for their weapons and you just have to say okay there's a point where I'm not safe here anymore. And I think for me, that's where the line is. It might be different line for different people. That's fair. Okay. Judy Kate R says, let's say we query our philosophers and they decide that killing a chicken is only 0.01% likely to be morally equivalent to killing a human, a one in 10,000 chance. If we accept this premise, then killing 10,000 chickens is morally equivalent to killing one human. 
these are things we can do expected value calculations on. By the way, I have really chopped this uh, post up a lot to make it shorter. I was going to mention that. Yeah. There's there's a lot to read here, which is great, but too there's much to read. There's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Too much to read there's on the air. Too much to read on the air. Yeah. Now, the above discussion is about chickens, which gains the sympathy of vegans, who seem to be common in the rationalist and EA communities, uh, more common than anti-abortionists. And uh, yeah, I think they chose a wonderful subject uh, to choose because there is a lot of EA stuff about uh, animal rights. We were even talking earlier this episode about how you guys thought that vegans, vegetarians are better people. Mm-hmm. Well, to, I think they're making one better moral life judge, moral life choice. You know, you can still be a vegan and an asshole. Yeah. Uh, so, I, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, in that one realm. <laughs> I. This is actually also why I am one. Okay. This is one of the reasons why I'm not a vegetarian because I do not, I do not buy that there is any equivalence between chicken and humans. Like. There is literally no number of chickens that can be sacrificed where I would say, okay, you should kill that one human instead. Unless maybe it was like a species extinction event because that has possibly greater consequences for the world and the environment. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the math more. But aside from that, no, kill 10 billion chickens if you have to save one guy's life. It's worth it, in my opinion. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I intuitively agree with that. And yet my my stance currently is like i think you shouldn't eat chickens and so like i I clearly think there's some number right those 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 statements seem to imply that there's some number there i think that you need to have the human there to weigh the value of the chicken i think that i agree with Eniash that i would kill all the chickens to save one person but i don't think that chickens have zero value their value is just so small that it would be (laughs) you'd have to you know split it to be smaller than the seven point however many billion humans yeah. I guess, yeah, maybe that's like the wrong way to make, maybe this isn't supposed to be a comparison. Like it's like, it's it's not saying, you know, you're, you're weighing between this, this scale of all these dead chickens and this one dead person. Right. It's, it's more just like all else being equal, should these chickens be tor- tortured to death or not? Right. And they shouldn't. Right. Yeah. So that, that's, I think we, that's the easier way to look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but that is a classical vegan argument, not a classical, it's one of the arguments to make sometimes that chickens don't have literally zero worth. And so torturing them unnecessarily is bad and i can sign on to that yeah i have something that links to my answer to this but we should finish the post first okay uh continuing on i'm pretty sure that killing a human fetus is not morally equivalent to killing a human how sure am i of this belief 90 percent 99 99.9 even if i don't believe that one abortion equals one life lost there is a strong case to be made that there is some number of abortions that is probabilistically equivalent to the loss of human lives And if I'm willing to use this argument in defense of veganism, I should be willing to use it in defense of pro-life advocates. And while many more chickens are killed each year than fetuses, I would place the probability of a human fetus being morally equivalent to a human life much higher than I would for chickens. So that that seems like a different kind of thing. Like, we'll we'll somehow discover that fetuses or chickens are more important than we thought. Um, Not like, not saying like we already have the numbers and we can do the math. Uh, It could, we, we, we looked back you know, now looking back 50 years and be like, holy shit, chimps are way more important, like morally than we thought. We shouldn't have done all that fucked up stuff to them. Yeah. Um, but that's more about like just learning something new or yeah, to a new we just didn't know how intelligent they were. I, I think the person is arguing that a fetus is worth more than whatever the fraction smaller than <laughs> 7.5 billion, you know, divided into its individual parts. Yeah. Like, and, and I don't agree with that the same way that, um, if you took the brains of however many chickens and put them together, you wouldn't make a human. Right. It's not to say that chickens don't have a brain, that they don't have, like, maybe some sense of what it is like to be them. You know, they don't experience qualia, that they don't have moral value. I think chickens have moral value. I just don't think that 
you can make any kind of equivalence between a human sentience that exists now <laughs> and, uh, you know, something that has no sentience at all. A, a fetus doesn't have any sentience. It has no, like, or very, very little, like, probably less than an insect sense of what it is like to be them. Definitely less than, I mean, when, you know, if you look at, and this isn't abortion, this is like stem cell research, but when you harvest fertilized eggs for stem cells, they contain orders of magnitude fewer cells than the brain of a fly, mm -hmm. right? So the fly by any metric other than like potentia has, has more value than, a, than a fertilized egg. Yeah. Um, there's, you yeah. know, I, I, especially early in the pregnancy, I think that a, the mass of cells that will one day become a human has about as much value as a mass of cancer cells. Sure. It's human DNA there, but there's no person, there's no neural network that can feel or think it's, it's literally valueless. And so I, I yeah, to that, it matters a lot less than any average chicken. Like, yeah. I think, you know, chicken doesn't just have, like, the sense of being a chicken. It probably has things it likes. It probably likes the taste of grass. It probably enjoys the feel of the sun or something, right? Yeah. Like, and to the extent that it's it's enjoying things, like, that that goes well. That's that's so far above. Like, a, a fetus is close, or a fertilized egg is closer to, like, a rock than mm -hmm. it is to a chicken or a bug, right? And honestly, in my opinion, until a thing has interaction with the world, they really can't have any sort of sapience at all they're not a thing yet like my cutoff line is literally if it hasn't been born yet you can abort it because it's not a person it doesn't have thoughts it doesn't have experiences and i don't think being sloshed around in the womb counts at all uh i know that a lot of people would disagree with me strongly on that and i know that you have to compromise with evil because the only other option is eternal warfare of extermination so I am willing to draw lines at like what used to be called the end of the second trimester, right? In capitulation to those people with those opinions. But uh, to me, that is a compromise. In in, in my ideal world, uh, I think abortion should be legal right up until the last day. Uh, because it's, it's just not a person yet. Yeah, and the mother is a person. There's yeah. still the whole argument of bodily autonomy too. Yeah. Which... But I know that makes me a monster in many people's eyes. So again, I'm willing to compromise. And so my name comes up here later in the post and you had the Cliff Notes version. Do we want to get to that so I can respond? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, okay, right. Stephen said, ahem, quote, If you really think that since Roe v. Wade, the United States has been okay with killing babies, and now is your chance to save those lives, that's the nice motivation for it. But I'm not really convinced a lot of people really believe that. Really, Stephen? Maybe the people who say, I don't like abortion because I believe it's morally equivalent to killing, ba killing babies, actually don't like abortion because they believe it's morally equivalent to killing babies. And that's, that's fair. I'm, I'm, I guess, so my, my skepticism in, in that quote, which I stand by, is mainly because I'm not convinced that many people are as religious as they say they are. Like right. we talked about, you know, with Justice's sister, like... I don't think that she's reading her own mind correctly. She's choosing to believe something. She's just saying all the things and she's like still religious because of the leap of faith. That said, I could be totally wrong. Maybe, maybe the like percentage of actual believers, like I know that there are more people who believe in belief than there are actual believers. Mm -hmm. Cause there's at least one person who believes in belief. Uh, Dan Dennett has talked to them. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, and presumably every believer believes in belief, right? So, um, how high that ratio is, I have no idea. To me, it, it, it boggles the imagination that, what, 40% of our neighbors are believe, actually believe that killing fetuses is equivalent to murdering babies? I, I have a, an acquaintance who was posting about the Georgia Heartbeat Law on Facebook, and one of her family members said, 
women should not be allowed to uh, dismember their babies. And so this is someone who really believes that. That's someone who who says on Facebook they really believe that. Now, don't get me wrong. This... I'm Now I'm playing the mind reading game. So yeah, take, yeah. taking them at their word, though, their word doesn't stand by what... Like, if I... If there was a factory down the street where they marched in people over six foot five and were cutting their heads off and killing them and dismembering them, mm-hmm. you and I would probably be out there with like bats to stop the people from shepherding in the police to kill them, right? There are people with the moral courage to go to abortion clinics and shoot the doctors. There's like one every 10 years is my point. So I'm saying most people don't have a lot of moral courage. But the, well, it's not even... I There's think, people who are willing to fly planes into things because of their beliefs. Right. But they're so rare. And yeah. so the, but so to me, they're, they're, they're exp- their expression of their belief through their actions says a lot about how much they actually believe the thing, right? I, so, I think for a lot of people, not being thrown in jail is a very strong motivator to allow people to get away with things. I, I don't know. I like, think most pe- of people... Nazi Germany was not filled with morally depraved monsters. They were filled with people who didn't want to go to jail and were like, all right, go ahead and do your thing, fucked up government. I guess it's not me that's being killed. Yeah, and I think from the inside, it doesn't feel different to believe something and then be hiding it from yourself and to just believe something i agree so the, so the like people... incoherent thing i was trying to say earlier about like remembering my child self and religiosity was that it felt like i really believed it we but like believe... in in retrospect i can look back and be like i was compartmentalizing very hard we all believe that n- drugs should not be uh criminalized people should not be thrown in jail for using drugs how many of us are marching down to the prisons being like release these innocent people who did nothing wrong we will not leave here until you do and you know we have bats in case you try to remove us i mean so how many of us um so like but there's not a a um there aren't people there are people being murdered over this but not not to the extent of murdering innocent babies right um i'm trying to think like you you and i might not be there ready to go kill police officers if they're marching people in killing them if they're too tall or whatever but we might go to demonstrations we might you know do marches downtown or something there's children Uh, that are put in prison for life for doing something that we think is completely blameless right i agree and well i agree because it's true but that so granted but the 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 expression the expression but that's because there's no there's no one else out there maybe right there's there's nothing you can do in the face of the system which is how the anti-abortionist advocate feel and I, now they can finally do something about it there are like pe- there are peaceful demonstrators and sometimes not so peaceful demonstrators outside of planned parenthoods right yeah and most people don't go bother doing that because they don't have the time it's not really important enough like eh, i'd rather go home and you know watch game of thrones like if you really thought they were killing babies there wouldn't you go stand out there with a sign for a couple hours a week yes at the very very do. least some very very small number of people do it's it's like you know i drive past planned parenthood at any given time there's like well, on average, there's probably zero, but you know, sometimes on the weekends, there's like five. I think so. Like, if you're it, it's not to... like it's not like entire congregations of church because they're all too busy with you know more more pressing things like going grocery shopping. Yeah, life is than, busy, man. The, yeah, life life's too busy to save babies. I, I think if you're willing to uh, buy Sam Harris's argument that the terrorists have told us exactly why they hate us, uh, then you should be willing to buy the anti-abortionist argument that they have told us exactly why they hate abortion. And they're just also willing to compromise with evil for the sake of not living in a country torn apart by civil war. I mean, but, but, civil but, war sucks a lot. But the difference between them is that the, the terrorists aren't willing to sit by and compromise because they actually seem to stand by their convictions. Whereas whereas the, whereas the people who are saying that they're okay with babies, or they're not okay with babies being murdered, but, you know, they're too busy to be troubled to do anything about it. Well, maybe um, they see what's happened in countries where violence gets out of control and they say, okay, this genocide is awful, but I don't want to literally live in a war zone. Because right. that would be worse. Yeah, a lot of people think like <laughs> overseas wars are bad. 
Yeah. But they don't do anything about it. That's that's fair. Um, so to Judy K to R, I, uh, I hear where you're coming from, and I didn't want to come off as saying that I, I think that none of them believe this or very few. Yeah. I was skeptical that it was most of them, but maybe it is. Maybe it is the overwhelming majority. And there's uh, probably a spectrum. There's There's a large continuum of where exactly they fall and how they feel but some people feel that and a lot of them kind of sort of feel it at least yeah and a lot of them are there because you know they're trying to impress somebody whether it's strangers by you know demonstrating how righteous they are if they're there sitting out in front of Planned Parenthood that is um or they're there because their parents dragged them or something right um so whatever um as far as that particular demonstration goes but yeah I see what, I see what you're saying and uh yeah I've that's my response okay <laughs> Would you like to read the part about where uh, I'm wrong? Well, later in the episode, Inyash suggests that emotional responses are sometimes good. As an example, Inyash says that if you believe that evil, that evil people are trying to take away the reproductive rights of women, then you should be fucking mad about it. What do you suppose the proper emotional response would be for someone who has a sincerely held belief that thousands of babies were killed every day by an elective medical procedure? Thousands of abortions every day, is that right? I have no idea. I guess I'd have to double check that. I'd, I'm willing to believe at least hundreds. I think it's off, but uh, whatever. Yeah, so moving past that. Um, Hold on. Let's timestamp this and look it up. Because <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's the thing we can do now. In 2014, there were a total of 926,000 abortions. I knew it was radically less than thousands a day. Uh, 926,000? Oh, I thought you said 926. No. <laughs> 926,000 divided oh, by in the United States? That's 2,500 per day. In the United States? In the United States in 2014. I would have believed 1,000 times well, wait, less wait, than Wait, wait, that. wait, wait. Oh, it's dropped significantly. In 2018, there were only 638,000, which is still thousands per day, though, or at least more than 1,000 per day. That's crazy. Like yeah. I said, I would have believed a number 1,000 times less than that. It also puts in perspective just how many people... Uh, this would affect yeah i that's that's Six. sort of that actually raises my scope of concern about this considerably i thought this was a very fringe thing that happened you know that uh, kind of is i mean how many people live in the u.s i guess yeah but i mean I, 300 million yeah so divide math, that by that <laughs> yeah i get i i anyway that number is staggering i i, I thought it was way less so Inyash, what do you think the appropriate emotional response to that many babies being killed every day is uh getting rage <laughs> anger and uh yeah, absolutely. Righteous anger and a strong desire to want to see something done about this quickly. Uh, that is fucking disgusting. Uh, I also think this is a reason why facts matter. <laughs> why it's important to realize that uh, a fetus is not a baby. It is not a person. I, I, I mean, I think in the same way that if we were infiltrated by a race of aliens, like reptilian aliens that were hiding in human skin, but were secretly working to destroy our society cause all of human civilization to collapse and take over after we had all been wiped out uh we should we should do what we can to stop these fuckers from taking over the planet but as it turns out jews are not evil aliens trying to destroy all of society and take over the planet so uh facts matter a lot yeah um so i think the the distinction is what we talked about in the sense of like uh feeling rational right mm -hmm. like it's good to have a, 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 an emotional response to a belief that's true. Yeah, yeah. like, um, my emotional response would be, like, that's really upsetting if that's true. Let's look that up and see if it's true. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, you know, d to, to, to the commenters, to the fairness of what they're, what they're getting at from the person's point of view, they've done their research, they've done their introspection, 
they've talked to all the people they need to talk to, they're sure. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, that's what's so like terrifying that that person's father, I think he's a grandpa now, is an older guy. He says women shouldn't be allowed to dismember their children, and yes, I agree with that. The problem is he considers fetuses to be children, persons, and that's just wrong. And that is what you have to push back against. To, and you can't to... really dismember a fetus unless it's fairly far along. I guess if it's like a third trimester. Like, they kind of just look like usually... a snake throughout most of the... Yeah. The, anyway. The, yeah, the, the, I mean, when it's a really far along abortion, those generally only happen when the mother's life is in danger or the fetus is non-viable anyway. So that's the thing where dismembering might happen. But uh, those are very rare because... Generally, if it's gone on that long, it's a wanted baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a tragedy for everyone involved that this isn't going to come to com completion. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's fun for somebody that, like, had a wanted baby and has to abort it. Yeah. <laughs> to walk up to an abortion clinic and get harassed by people. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Or, like, now in Georgia, if your baby's, you know, whatever, seven months old and it dies, or excuse me, your fetus, mm -hmm. the baby that you wanted to have, mm -hmm. um, and it dies, well, now you've got to just, I guess, die with it because you can't get it removed. Um, that seems to be not clarified in the law. So that's oh, really? the way that people are going with it is that, yeah, if it's if it's stillborn, you got to just, like, I guess, pass what you can and then die of sepsis. Oof. So that said, I did read that on the internet and not in okay. the law. So yeah. take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably, probably once it's already dead. It's not considered an abortion. Anymore. Unless you're, I guess I'm not sure. I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer or a doctor. I'm not sure right. if that's an abortion. So. Yeah. Um, Oof. Whew. all right that said thank you for the comment and there's a lot more there uh in the meat of the the essays here so if anyone wants to read go to the thread this is actually a pretty pretty popular one so yeah and absolutely thank you for writing those in we read them because they were interesting and and uh and conversation provoking we do we do not like take exception with being challenged or whatever you know we think this is cool yeah, totally. Or at and, least I do. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, fuckers. I I, I love it. <laughs> okay. And I I like I said, I, I learned something really interesting that the I I would have lost a, I would have lost I would have been willing to bet a serious amount of money that that figure was way off thousands a day, mm -hmm. and uh, I could have lost hundreds of dollars on that bet. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I won't. <laughs> I'm always open to hearing uh I don't know to someone trying to dissuade me of an opinion if they think that they actually have a good knockdown argument. Me too. Um, with the. With some exceptions what? about, like, yeah, just being bombarded at all times during right. the day. Like, <laughs> I need to rest sometimes. But generally, <laughs> if in good faith you come to me and want to argue something with me, I'll hear your argument. Yeah. Sort of like the consolidated morality thread, though. I see where this could get annoying. Uh -huh. Like, if every time we mentioned, like, our religious motivation isn't a good one, and we got, you know, a bunch of comments maybe from one person or from the same five people that brought forth the exact same positions every time. And it's like, look, sorry, we've, we've had this out. I'm not persuaded. So I, I'm, I'm almost without sounding like an asshole willing to say, I welcome that too. Unless you're saying like, well, from a religious perspective, if your argument starts that way, then I kind of am like not interested. Yeah. Um, unless your argument is like, here's why you should take my religion seriously. That's more interesting. Not like let's take for granted from the religious perspective, but I don't know. All right. Okay, so taking into mind everything that we just said last week, because uh, we did that a few seconds ago for the listeners, <laughs> uh, let's continue forward. The email that I was interested in is you should be you should be confused about abortion by David Spearman, who is not Wizard David, but a completely different David. <laughs> um, let's just take these in one paragraph at a time order. Okay. Okay. David says, basically everyone agrees that a six-week-old clump of cells doesn't have rights, barring a few political theor 
political theater majors in the Bible Belt, and that a nine-month-old newborn before the venue change has the same rights as a nine-month-old newborn after the venue change, barring a few political theater majors on the left coast, which means I'm a political theater major on the left coast. (laughs) But whatever, I I want it. However, there is no clear, observable, relevant showing point between these two states. Hold on. Sorry to interrupt, but isn't there... I kind of think it's birth. The venue change? Yeah. Yeah. Like that that sounds like a really obvious shelling point. Um, what about a fetus that is potentially viable outside of the womb? Like I'm not sure if at nine months, but I think Right, but but as long as we're looking for like really obvious points to demarcate, like saying, All right, now it's outside and breathing mm-hmm. air versus like it's inside and not breathing air. That has been the traditional point for some religions. I'm not especially saying especially the old ones. And I'm not saying that makes any sense or that mm-hmm. that's like a moral distinction. No. But, but it's it's an obvious shelling point. Did yeah. they use the word moral distinction? No. So I'm going to go ahead and... He said clear, observable, relevant shelling point. Hmm. All right. It's clear and observable. I'll split the credit with you on that one, David. Relevant might be up <laughs> for grabs. All right. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Um, the earliest detectable heartbeat or brain activity are of dubi- dubious relevance. The moment the fetus becomes conscious or ensouled are unobservable, and viability outside the womb is unclear since it is relative to the state of medical technology at the time, and he didn't say this, but also in the area. Thus, the question of when a fetus first attains morally relevant rights is a matter of line drawing, and line drawing exercises are a matter of taste and preference, not fact. If you draw the line somewhere other than where I do, we disagree, but not in a productive way, since <clears throat> de gustibus non est distantatum. I don't know if I said that right. Disputantatum? Disputant? Okay. He says, you know that claim is true since it's in pretentious Latin. I had no idea what it meant. Uh, according to Wiki, it's a Latin maxim meaning in, a Latin maxim meaning in matters of taste, there can be no disputes. Non est disputantatum sounds like an awesome spell that, given <laughs> given the Latin translation, sounds like it'd be a really, like... There can be no disputes. Yeah. It, it, I'm not sure exactly what it would do, but that sounds dope. It sounds like a magic spell you would cast if someone can't argue with you. Right. I feel like, like some... the magic spell you would cast when there's a group of people that have very differing opinions that would make them all come to the same median opinion. Oof. <laughs> that does sound like some dark magic right there. Yes. <laughs> Instant mob. Um, the phrase is commonly rendered in English as there is no accounting for tastes. <clears throat> and um, I don't know. I think we already argued about the fact that there is kind of a shelling point in the birth thing, but that... A lot of people would kind of argue that because a baby born one week before its due date and a baby born one week after the due date intuitively doesn't feel like there should be a huge moral distinction between the two, right? That's that's the intuition that people have. And like to the extent that it has small consequence, I'm kind of okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like I was born a month early and I spent some time post utero in the hospital but it'd be like, I'm kind of glad that, you know, I don't think my parents would have taken the law up on that. But if there weren't any safeguards to like say, you know what, you can abort it until it's nine months old. Mm. Like if, if they could have just, you know, swept me off the table right into the trash. I'm not sure what you think. With, with <laughs> I'm pretty sure hospital. they would. Usually parents are pretty attached to the child by the time it's been in the mom's body for eight months. Yeah. So, you know, and like the other thing is my brother and I were sharing the room so that, you know, premature twins tend to be very common. Okay. Um, I don't have a lot to add here. I mean, if it's a taste thing, I can kind of see whatever... I'm glad that David's at least so far is about as uh, dismissive as I am of the religious uh, motivations. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if this comes up later, but I'll save that hobby horse for later then. But yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, I forget if I said this before, but my argument 
doesn't hinge on that kind of shelling point, but on the bodily autonomy. I think that the mother's choice overrides that of the fetus because it's the mother's body. You couldn't make a adult woman with like an adult child have to like physically tether herself to the kid if the kid gets in a car accident and can't support themselves anymore like being a living life support device the law wouldn't let you do that and i don't see the difference yeah there's that thought experiment of you know you wake up in a hospital and you're iv'd next to somebody who's recovering and they'll be better in like nine months and they need you to stay connected so they can whatever use your kidneys to filter their blood or liver or whatever and you're like, I didn't sign up for this. It's like, tough. If you unplug, they'll die and you can't kill them. So like, that's the, the not so persuade. I think it's like more of a, an intuition pump on how dumb the, that argument is. But at the same time... Oh, wait, hold on. While I would have some serious issues with the doctor that hooked me up without my consent, seeing as consent is really important, I wouldn't want to unplug the guy next to me and let him die. Well, that's and, your choice. Yeah, so you, yeah. You, you wouldn't want to abort the guy. No, but <laughs> I would also feel like a monster if i did abort him that's i think the the taste thing that david's talking about here so like the the i mean if like my brother was hooked up to someone like that i'd again have serious issues with the doctor be like dude why didn't you come to me for my brother but i'd want the guy who he's hooked up to not to kill him right and and so that's i think how a lot of people feel about fetai fetuses i like (laughs) i like i like playing with the word yeah fetai's fun so no, the, well, there's... The, the question the question is like yeah the person that you're hooked up to say they're unconscious they're a vegetable and they'll be a vegetable for nine months or something uh-huh. right? even if they're even if you want to just further stipulate that they'll slowly regain their faculties over the next five years after they are self-sustaining mm-hmm. then you're basically talking about a fetus you okay. know other than the fact that it's a, an adult person and you're hanging out in a hospital yeah but that and you're more is... constrained in the hospital than you are walking around full of baby and all that but um it's I, no okay. no one better than i am my use of full of baby i, I did that on purpose and <laughs> Uh, hopefully somebody cringed, but all right, uh, no one here. So no, that's about how I think of it. Yeah, um, the I think that the I mean, I guess what is is the person that he was the 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 new hooked up patient is he now dead and it would be a new person coming to existence? Does it matter? Yeah, it matters because if oh. that person is effectively dead anyway, then whatever. I'm fine with unhooking their corpse. I don't need to start a new person's life. But if it's someone who's just unconscious for nine months. I'd yeah. feel some moral obligation to be like, well, it's like if you're walking past a pool where a child is drowning, you can risk your life to go in and save the child, and that's a good thing. But if you just keep walking, being like, eh, whatever, drowning child, people kind of think you're a monster. And it's not, you, I mean, you didn't choose to be walking by just as a child is drowning. It's like, fuck, I didn't, I don't want to be in this position. Got to ruin my clothes, got to take a risk of death. But I'm the one here, I'm the one who can do this. So, I have to. It's my moral duty, right? And I I would feel that it is at least somewhat incumbent to not just immediately unplug the guy. Yeah, I think... I mean, so the, the intuition can go both ways. Um, certainly, you, may, you raise an important point that if, if this is a new person that... You know, if it's a blank slate that doesn't have existing hopes and dreams and loved ones and all that, then it's... Yeah, then, then whatever. It, it's, it's kind of whatever. Then... It's more of just a generosity for you to say, oh, I'm going to help make this new person Yeah, yeah. Um, than it is, you know, you actively killing the person. Like for me, the fact that there is a person there is what makes the difference. And with fetuses, there is no person there. Yeah. I, think... I wouldn't want to be responsible for a person dying when I could, admittedly, it would be a huge imposition on my life to be stuck in this hospital for nine months. But hopefully the person's friends and family would like help make up for that. Right. The person might be kind of, you know... 
into me afterwards being like, dude, you the man. Let me buy you a drink every now and then. Yeah, or let me give you a nine-month salary that you couldn't go to work for or something like that, right? <laughs> oh, that's a um, lot to ask. Just like yeah. what a baby does for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, to be... This, then they this turn is, into a teenager. This is way aside from the abortion thing, but a lot of people have kids... Part, partly for the reason that when I'm old, I'll have someone guaranteed basically to take care of me. Yeah. I don't um, like that reason. I don't like it either. I'm just saying it exists. Yeah. And so, there's there's cultures on earth that are more like into that than, than ours where, you know, you're kind of expected to send money to your parents every month or uh, like as not like an above and beyond thing, but like a, this is your job. I had you. Now you can pay me back. Um, at least I've that's such, such as I've heard from people from other cultures. I don't doubt uh, it. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Um, eating Ash, you're talking about like, this is what I would do in this situation. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, like, I'm just taking this from a legal perspective. I, the law couldn't force you. Okay. And the thing is, like, it's the same thing I'm, I'm thinking with somebody who wants to, I don't know. If, if somebody has a baby and they don't want it, it's their choice to either keep it. They might feel like a monster if they abort it or to abort it. And I don't think that the law should be able to tell them they can do it or they can't do it. Okay. I still totally think it should be that person's choice and they should think about the moral implications and weigh the pros and cons, but... So you're not pro-mandatory abortion. <laughs> um, so No, like, I, I don't know. I actually do feel like when you get to the nine months point, then it has more moral weight because it's more complex. Yeah, I, there's certainly something to that. And I think we talked about before where <clears throat> getting that number down is kind of hard and pointless. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. You kind of, you raised the point, which is, you know, I don't know why I didn't click last week, but the autonomy of the of the of the mother carrying the baby of like I don't want to have to deal with this for all kinds of great reasons. Um, does the when I don't know I'm trying to think if babies have any autonomy worth caring about at all. Like you could say one month old or Depends negative negative three month old. Like you know, so there are babies who are born at six months and they survive, and it's not clear like if they want. To survive like if they're if they're delivered three months early mm-hmm. i suspect some part of them probably does you know like i think most I living things it. have some level of survival instinct exactly so like to the extent that like it's trying not to die in all the weak ways that a baby can uh, although given how like suicidal babies tend to be trying to fall <laughs> off of things and crash into stuff maybe maybe they don't all want to survive but um <laughs> i I think I their know. survival instinct tends towards be cute, right? <laughs> and try yes. to attract an adult who will want to take care of you. It's and a very keep you from walking off tables and whatnot. It's a very good survival instinct. Um, I don't know if it's worth carrying, weighing in how much at all, how much, if any, the uh, again demarcate whatever month or week you think it matters. But I and I don't have any position on this. I'm just curious. Like, is there? Do you guys think there's any weight to like? Well, what about the the babies at all desirable desire to live? Yeah, well, yes, which is why I generally put the latest, latest, um, cut off where you're super cool with it. Latest where I'm comfortable with it is three months after birth, but, um, after birth. Yes. But I know that's extreme. That's (laughs) fairly extreme. Yeah. I would say that, like, if it's born or if it's going to be viable, then, like, just at that point, I personally would just have the kid and then put it up for adoption and i say just i mean i, I you know can't really extrapolate how i would feel at the time there's the whole hormones and brain rewiring thing that happens so maybe i'd want it at that point but like yeah. me personally my choice after a certain point of development is that like i would actually feel like a monster killing it and that's my choice but i wouldn't force someone else to make that choice well no one actually goes through to the date of delivery and has a baby with the intention of getting rid of it like of aborting eh. it unless you had your way 
Uh, <laughs> right. There's but, like the female babies in China that they totally do that too. Yeah, but they would have gotten rid of them earlier if they could have. They just didn't have any other method. Eh, I guess so. That's a whole other wrinkle that I didn't really think about. But yeah, I don't have really a thought there. So Okay. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Even if we steel man the pro-life position and grant that fetuses have moral rights at a relatively early stage, that still doesn't save us from desperate confusion. If a fetus has rights, that doesn't make it clear that abortion should be illegal, since the fetus's right to life infringes on the mother's right to bodily autonomy, as you were just saying. If you believe in positive rights, rights which give you claims on other people, you should be pro-life while you should be pro-choice if you believe in negative rights. Your rights give no claims to you, but you have claims on no one. This is particularly relevant to the podcast since you've come out in favor of positive rights positions in past shows, such as UBI, Medicare for All, and minimum wages, which is inconsistent with support for abortion access. Which, let's pause there for a second. Thank you. Okay. I was going to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, I think the, the, main, the main difference is that we're talking about positive rights for people and not for life. Okay. Right. So, there's there's a distinction where, you know, a family in poverty or a person living in extreme poverty, um, their life sucks. Whereas a six month old fetus, their life doesn't suck yet. Right. Right. And if you could make their life better by doing something, you should maybe. But that also sounds like I don't know. There's there's a difference between like pulling the plug on a person and uh, not plugging them in in the first place. My objection is different, and that. I think he's mischaracterizing me being in favor of positive rights. Uh, I First of all, I'm not at all sure on the minimum wage issue. I was, when I was very young, pro-minimum wage and then against minimum wage. And now I'm just kind of confused based on everything I've read. But I'm in no way decided on whether minimum wages are a good thing or bad. Uh, whereas with UBI and Medicare for All, I do not at all think that those are rights. Uh, I categorically deny that they're rights and that anyone has no right to assert them i just think they're a really good idea kind of like having taxes to fund police and military is a good idea in a world where those are correctly implemented firefighters uh, firefighters is always my go-to there we go yeah. yeah so uh i don't think that anyone has a right to have firefighters in their neighborhood or anything i just think it's in general a very good idea for society to implement that thing yeah certainly i guess if you're paying for it you have a right to have firefighters in the neighborhood but like other than that, it's it'd be weird to say like it's my right. I was at the DMV getting my license renewed a few years ago, and the person in front of me in line was complaining to the poor temp at the desk about not being licensed for some reason or another. And the person just had to explain like, look, driving isn't a right; it's a privilege that you get if you fill out the paperwork and you you know don't keep crashing your car or whatever their problem was, right? Uh-huh. And so like driving the, the 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 right to the right to drive isn't a right; it's the the whatever the capacity to drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a privilege that you that can be revoked that you know everyone who can gets a shot and if you suck at it we're not going to let you do it anymore. It's um, a weird way to look at it. I don't think of it necessarily as a right, but I think that telling someone they can't drive is definitely a restriction. Well, so is telling someone you know I'm not going to pay you enough to like you know live off of or like. Well, I that's mean, not really a restriction. You're just eh. offering a certain amount of money for something that you want done. Right. Sure. So bad example, but maybe like a restriction of i don't know like right to medicine like if you want if you go to the hospital like the right to be treated like mm-hmm. that's that's not it's a restriction to say i'm not going to treat you um but it's it it's not like you have an inalienable right as a as a person to say no if i go to the er i want to be taken care of right 
I'm not sure I'm understanding what you're saying. I, I I'm trying to I'm I'm changing it from cars to medicine. Okay, okay. Where like you know, it, if medi- you go to the ER, medical access isn't like a right in the sense. I guess what is a, what is a right? I'm not. And the other thing is I'm not really clear what negative rights. Your you your rights give no one claims to you, but you have claims on no one. Um, what's what's an example of what that means? A negative right would be a right to not be forced to do something. Like, uh, I have a right to refuse to work for someone if I don't want to work for them. And the corollary to that is that they have a right, or you have a right to not be forced by them. And then, well, I guess no one has claims on you and you don't have have claims on anyone else. So, like, you can't force someone to work, I guess, would be the the other side of that coin. Because it's a, I don't know, I'm not... Maybe I'm just being dumb. I'll read it. I'll read it again when I'm not holding up the show. Well, so, I mean, because this next sentence is: if workers and the poor have positive claims on their employers and the rich, there isn't much basis for saying that fetuses don't have positive claims on their mothers. So that would be more of a claim, like if if my survival depends on being hooked up to you for nine months, then I have a claim to your body. Right. Okay. Yeah. I. It's. I guess it's tough. And maybe maybe this is an emotional hobby horse for me, but like, I feel, you know, I don't know, if you don't have a lot of marketable skills and your employer is just like, hey, you know what, we're going to cut your wage back by two thirds. And you're like, well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And it, it it might as well cut your survival fitness way down, right? right. You know, if, you're, if you're already living paycheck to paycheck, you know, something right. like 40 something percent of Americans have less than $500 in savings right. and live paycheck to paycheck. We're about you know, to get eight, into a minimum wage podcast, aren't we? No, no, well, not exactly. I'm just saying that like, well, I guess I was, I was, and it's, I'm not even really pro minimum wage. I just think like that fucking sucks. Oh, it totally and, fucking and, sucks. And, yeah. uh, so yeah, leaving that aside with the, with the flag that this sucks written all over it. Okay. Um, I don't see how this ties into abortion per se given that the the main thing like you said that we're we're not saying that necessarily that you know you have a right to universal basic income mm-hmm. um but that just be that sounds like a cool thing that if if you're a first world country in the 21st century and you can do it you should, totally should yeah um if you want to be doing the cool thing the right thing can we take 60 seconds to see if we can think of what any positive rights we do believe in yeah totally it wasn't much of a step that uh parents who have brought a child into the world and decided they want one uh do have a moral duty to care for that child make sure that they have enough food and that they get some sort of some level of education and uh care that just neglecting a child or chaining up into or chaining them into their uh, bedroom is morally abhorrent so in that respect i think that a child has a positive right uh, a claim that the parents have an obligation to care for it yeah, I think. But just has been quiet for a while. Did you have something to say? Um, not really. I was gonna say that I agreed with what you were saying earlier about um. I don't know that necessarily. I think that these are rights. The things that the commenter mentioned, like UBI, Medicare for all, minimum wage. I think that they are good things that a society should try to have. Um, I'm not sure, like whether or not this person is talking about the moral right or the legal right, though. I do think that. Obviously, I support the fact that people should have legal rights. Yeah, certainly once the infrastructure exists. Like, it would be super weird if UBI existed, but only for, I don't know, whatever insert group here. White people, people over 50. Well, we I mean, kind of we have do, that. We already but, have that. Yeah. But it's a little different. Um, no, no, it's it's basically exactly that. I think the uh, idea is that, like... If you're you, over 65, you have a basic income 
the social security. Well, you've already, like the idea behind that was you've already worked until you're 65 and now the system's paying you back for that. If you're, if you have never been in the workforce, you would still get a UBI. Right. You've, you've paid into your social security your whole life, yeah. just like I have, and I'm not going to see any of it, which is the thing that people you complain about. Yeah, I know. But yeah. it's the thing on the list of things young people are bitching about. It's on right. a list. So, yeah. which I just mentioned at dinner. Why do I have a list of things that I'm bummed, like I'm annoyed about? <laughs> I need to just throw that list in the, throw that list away. I'm, you know, look at the, keep my happy list going. Yeah. Um, and we already have some small amount of UBI in the form of um, negative taxation at the very lowest levels. The earned income tax credit. That's like if you earn like what under twelve grand a year or something. Or... Yeah, the government gives you money. Yeah, I, but I mean that's very very little money that they give you, and you have to be dirt poor. Yeah, you have to by be American standards. Pretty pretty heavily dirt poor to, where, to the point where it doesn't like. Yes, it helps. It helps a great deal. You know, mm-hmm. if you get a thousand dollar credit and you made twelve thousand dollars last year, that's huge. Yeah. But it's not like you're. It's not like you're okay after that, right? No. So, <laughs> um, it it. I'm not even sure. You know, I had one year where I earned less than that, but that was because I just didn't work for a lot of that year, and I got some big return. Of, oh, in the in the order of how much I made that year, it was like another thousand bucks or something. But you know, that didn't like turn my financial situation around or make the you know expenses that any more comfortable. So. Yeah. I guess we got off a bit too much on the topic of positive versus negative claims. It was confusing. Yeah. He did finish off with both libertarian individualist positions of no welfare, no regulation, and pro-choice, and the statist-slash-collectivist positions of welfare, regulation, and pro-life are internally consistent, but it's difficult to mix and match in a principled way without making some very heroic assumptions. And I think, as we were just saying, we don't think it's that difficult to mix and match them. Different rights apply in different situations. Yeah, that sounds like a fair caveat. And I'll mention again just the point that if you're talking about rights for like persons and rights for potential persons, mm-hmm. that seems like an important shelling fence, right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that was the other thing I was gonna say. That, like basically, I agreed with your thing, Ash and Stephen. If you were the one that said that originally, um, yeah, I think people have rights, and a, at least a fetus is not yet a person. Yeah. I don't. I don't believe that you know plants have rights or animals have rights either. Like rights are specifically a human thing that people say. We demand this as a right, and we will fight and kill if necessary to preserve it. That's what makes a right a right. That sounds, yeah, solid enough to keep going. All right. It gets worse. From a position of uncertainty on these two questions, either policy position is, either policy position is viable. Either abortion should be illegal because it's illegal to risk committing a crime, such as in playing involuntary Russian roulette, or abortion should be legal because presumption of innocence implies that defendants should be found not guilty unless there is a very high probability that a crime was committed. So, yeah, on the on the fact that we're not sure if something is uh, a person or not, or at what point it becomes a person, he's saying that uh, since we're not sure about that, we some people could argue that we can take the um, principle that we should err on the side of it's probably not a person. Or that we should err on the side that it probably is a person because it's better to uh, not risk playing Russian roulette, or it's better to people presume people are not guilty unless proven otherwise. And since you can't prove that a fetus is a person or when it becomes a person, you err on the side of its abortion is fine. Okay, I'm glad you spelled that out because that struck me as completely non sequitur. But now I see what it was getting at. So I think this is also kind of tangential to the point. The point isn't like 
the, the people who are who are anti-abortion aren't saying i'm anti-abortion because i think there's a one percent chance this, that feed i are, pre, are people mm-hmm. they're saying i'm anti-abortion because they are people mm-hmm. or because they have moral weight or because they have souls or something because that, they will not, become a person yeah but they're not doing it probabilistically but even right? if you were thinking probabilistically it's still confusing but if you're thinking probabilistically then it's fine you, like if it's if, if it's if one in a hundred chance that this thing was a crime then yeah let's not get you in trouble um, if you think there's a one percent chance that fetuses are persons, for example, mm-hmm. but if wait, wait, but that's, that's wait. Not if you I, thought there was a one percent, say you personally, Stephen, thought there was a one percent chance that a fetus is a person, would you therefore say that abortion should be legal or should be illegal? I would say it, it sounds like it should be legal because the odds of that you're killing a person are really small. Okay. Um, granted, with the hundreds of thousands of abortions occurring, we're killing. You know, again, if you're going to add those up, but that's not how this works, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's just that someone else taking the exact same position there's a one percent chance as a person could draw the line at i don't want to risk killing a person even if it's only one percent chance that'd be like loading a hundred chamber gun with one bullet and then pointing it at someone and shooting would be their position yeah and i still think that the bodily autonomy thing makes this a non-issue yeah whether it's a person or not i still i guess this is a negative rights position but i still don't think a person has the right to someone else's body right yeah, it's a tough it's a tough call to make and i think it's made much easier for me in that i don't think it's a person at all uh i could see if you thought that it might be a person how it might be more complicated yeah i certainly don't think that i'm on the fence of like I, i'm certainly not in in my head weighing this as like i think there's a chance it's a person yeah. it's me it's more just like how much of a person is it it's so it's not like to me a switch that flips it's more just like again i i'm pro taking care of animals yeah. in the sense that they have moral weight in the way that a few things and in that sense so do fetuses so do flies um you know like that but that's to keep that from not being an aside that's that's not saying that uh i i'm not uh i'm not pro-vegetarianism because i think that there's a one percent chance that cows are are morally salient i think it's because they are a little morally salient just like i think fetuses are are a little morally salient so what i'm getting is it's not a binary switch for me I think Jess's position, um, the, the bodily autonomy one, could be basically saying anyone who is for restricting abortion rights is then putting themselves in the position of being the doctor that involuntarily chains two people together. Like, as I was saying, I would have some severe issues to take up with that doctor. Like, why did you attach this person to me without my consent? The person who makes abortion legal is doing the same thing. He's being the doctor that chains this baby up to the woman without asking her consent first. Right. And then is that the, a fair re- statement of your thing? Uh, can can you kind of clarify that? So if I were to wake up and someone was chained to my organs for nine months, I'd be really pissed at the doctor for not even coming to me about it. And uh, a law saying that if you find yourself with someone chained up to your internal organs, you now have to carry them for nine months is basically the the law equivalent of that doctor. Uh, yes, I guess yeah. I would say that. And, and so yeah. th- that's and that's, as much as I have issues with that doctor doing that to me, I have that same issue with this law. And that's that's where people, yeah. So like we're not the doctors in the situation. We're the people trying to determine the legislation on whether or not we think doctors should be allowed to do that. Right. And so the other side of this thought experiment is that in the way that I phrased it, it's and this isn't mine. This is somebody else's, but I can't remember whose. Um, the way that I phrased it was 
you know, you wake up and it just happened. The other one is where like you sign into it. You're like, yeah, I got nine months. Let's, let's help this guy out. Mm -hmm. And then two months in, you're like, you know what? This is way more of a hassle than I thought I was going to go do stuff. And this sucks. Can I, can I get out of here? Right. And that's the, like, so the, the distinction at that point, I would definitely say no, but also because that person's an actual person. Right. Whereas if it was a fetus, I'd be like, sure, whatever. And so the, the, the original phrasing is kind of more like the non-voluntary pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the, the, the second one is like, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of people, I guess, I don't know a large number of people that I've talked to have had abortions and talked to me about their experience with it, but I'm, I'm under the impression that it's not, it's not the majority of them aren't people who are like, I thought I wanted a kid until I was two months pregnant. Then I decided right. against it. It's, yeah, yeah. they're all accidents, yeah. like more or less. Right. Right. So they're, you know, this, this thought experiment gets really tortured. If you want to like find yourself wandering into an accident where, you, you know, a chance where you fall into this, this, uh, whatever organ sharing trap. Um, <laughs> but the, I the, think to steel man, the other side, they would say that, but it's not a doctor that randomly did it to you. You took that risk knowingly when you decided to have unprotected sex with someone. Right. Well, what if it was protected and your protection failed? Right. What if you were raped? Yeah. So that's the, so the raped versus like, again, the voluntary versus like, um, negligent pregnancy, I guess, or involuntary versus negligent or voluntary pregnancy is the two different sides of that the yeah. thought experiment. Yeah. But in any case, I don't really, the main fall through with that thing is that with the thought experiment is that you're, you're dealing with a person who like, you know, has a past had, you know, hopes and dreams and was projects and ambitions and stuff. And you're taking those away. If you sign off on, you know, if you unplug yourself from them. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the fetus, they don't have any of those things to give them moral weight beforehand. You know, all the things that make, make it bad for like me to kill you in the middle of the night when you're asleep. Um, those are all the, it's all the reasons why it would be bad for me to unplug if I was suddenly, you know, lassoed to you for nine months, you know, and you're, you're stealing all my organs. So, um, <laughs> that's like why it's bad to kill somebody. Right. right. <laughs> um, but to, to other people there, there's, you know, more of like, well, it's bad to kill people because they have intrinsic value or because, you know, it, people are important and you shouldn't kill them. Those are, those are probably true too, but the, the main thing is that you're cutting off all of their, all the things that they have, mm -hmm. you know, all the things that make their life worth living, that they, that they, their, their hopes and dreams and desires, right? Yeah. To the extent that they don't have those or have never had them yet, you're not, you're not doing that. I know I'm doing this in a circle, but I feel like this is worth belaboring. Yeah. So, but I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, I agree that that's the, like, it's, it's not a perfect metaphor. It's just kind of a thought experiment for the idea that I think people have bodily autonomy. Right. And I think that's, should be inviolable. Yeah. regardless of questions like uh you were saying for example you know gosh the what you know it's not the doctor doing it you did it to yourself and i still think it doesn't matter i don't care if the person had a negligent pregnancy or if they got raped or if they i don't know um, if they just wanted to see what being three months pregnant felt like before yeah. stopping <laughs> yeah totally and uh, i don't care like they still think that you have bodily autonomy over yourself and somebody else can't force themselves onto your body yeah it's also hard for me to find like a. This is my, I think, why I'm so impatient with the whole with the whole argument. Like, I, there aren't that I found, and I, I mean, they're out there, but I'm not. I don't find anything compelling. Secular arguments that abortion's a bad thing. Again, I'm not pro killing people. I'm I'm pro more people being alive to the extent that they're happy people who want to be alive, and they're you know foster people who want to take care of them until they're old enough to do their own thing. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, all all of this. In my experience, all, almost all of it comes back to somebody arguing from a position of like, I think souls are a real thing, and I think that fetuses have them, and that's why I'm against abortion. But let me like, 
kind of shoehorn in all these like secular sounding things to shove on top of it but they're really bottom lining right i could absolutely see someone who's a secular atheist but is very concerned with the rights of animals to extend that to uh late-term fetuses sure that at that point it's you know basically as as conscious as a infant animal and has the potential to become much more than that and so should be extended similar rights and I agree. And yet the rights that we extend to things like that, like chickens, yeah. um, that's this, about where I stand with it, right? But this so. secular vegan would be someone who's saying we shouldn't kill chickens either. Yeah, so but that would shouldn't be a consistent secular position. Oh, I shouldn't what... you have to tether yourself to a chicken to keep it alive, though? Yeah, like what sacrifices are you going to go to to save a chicken? And it's, you know... It's... I don't. So I don't want to steel man the other position because I strongly believe that abortion should be legal right up until the day of birth. But... uh from the other side's position it could be something like if there is a person and we as a society are okay with just killing people en masse because it is inconvenient for someone to uh to be chained to them for a little bit we are morally depraved and what i don't know encouraging people to not have any regard for human life and that could lead to very bad knock-on effects like if I don't respect a life that's this small, why should I disrespect a life that's seven years old or 17 years old? That's really good still, man. I appreciate that. I, I, I think I, I can see where that's coming from. And, you know, certainly it's worth throwing this out there. And this isn't like a way to find the truth, but it's another intu intuition pump. Like, where do you think we'll be at in 500 years? I guess we probably won't be getting pregnant on accident in 500 years. <laughs> yeah. but... I'm hoping that we'll have artificial wombs at that point. Right. Yeah. So maybe maybe that that kind of throws this whole thing to the, to the side. Um, but you know, I I do think that in 500 years we'll look back on like factory farms and certainly 50 years ago the way we treated chimps in labs. Like we look back on that with like, oh man, like the people who did that were missing a lot of like important moral clarity on what on their actions. Yeah. Um, I don't know how humanity will look back on abortion in the early 21st century is that pumping any intuitions with you guys or am i just on nothing here i don't know um if i were to put myself in the position of someone 500 years in the future who everybody is born sterile until you want to have a kid and then you have an artificial womb look back and think about abortions and be like wow that sucked and that said that that had to happen but i understand why people did it because they didn't have this artificial womb and they could easily get pregnant accidentally that's exactly what i was going to say minus the artificial womb part because i didn't think that far ahead but <laughs> high five yeah no that's that's my thinking is that like they'll look back and be like man that sucked that that was a necessary thing yeah. well yeah. that doesn't really give us much to work with yeah no but it, that's i'm just i'm happy that someone else agreed with me oh okay <laughs> that's how i think about a lot of things in like 500 years in our past where it was like wow, that sucked, but also I can see why people did these things or thought these things at the time, and if I were yeah. born in that time period, I'd do the same thing, probably. Yeah. That's how I feel about patriarchal society. I don't know. I think it's much worse than it had to have been, but there was there was some need for it back in the dark past. Yeah, because you had babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there and was you had no, no control, control over fertility. Yeah. So somebody had to take care of them. Yeah. Speaking of fertility. So, all that is to say that abortion is, in fact, morally and legally complicated. If you support easy access to abortion because you think Western civilization is a delicate flower and cutting off abortion access would send us back into a medieval patriarchy, fine. Hmm. I feel like I was personally called out. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> if hypothetical me opposes easy access to abortion, I don't, as a matter of fact, 
Because I believe Western civilization is a hardy weed, and endogenous growth theory implies we should want as many people as possible, that's also fine. As long as we agree that the question is complicated, and there are no clear answers. Plus, we now know that our double crux has to do with what we believe about the hardiness of Western civilization, and has nothing to do with abortion directly. So, I'll, I'll just say really quick that I, I'm happy to find nuance. And for anyone who says, it's simple, and here's the one-sentence explanation of why I'm right, they're, they're missing the point. The ballot we're all going to get in Colorado, you know, in four years or whatever, when the, the abortion bill comes here... Um, it's not going to have a you nuanced think the checkbox. Bill will come to Colorado? Probably not. No. We got we're too liberal, but you know whatever. Right. Next next election cycle in Georgia when this is back on there, whatever. However, this happens. There's not a box to check for nuance, right? So you get to check yes or no. Hmm. I guess. But you get ha- to- having decided that it's nuanced doesn't let you take action in a world with consequences and decisions to ha- that have to be made. But you get to try to influence your friends and neighbors' opinion, which will influence what gets brought up in the uh, state. But if all I'm trying to do is influence them into saying, look, it's more complicated than you're giving, giving it credit for, I'm also not helping check a vote box, which I get isn't the end goal for a rationalist discussion. Yeah. But we were talking in the context of the heartbeat bill, right? Yeah, we were at the time. I also want to briefly respond to that Western civilization is a delicate flower thing. I, I don't think it's quite that delicate and that changing an abortion law is going to immediately reinstart the patriarchy. But I think that uh, our culture is a direct consequence of our physical surroundings and what is possible. And that would certainly influence us to move backwards towards the patriarchal system. And I don't want that. I want to stay as far away from that as possible. Yeah. And I think that's why it feels like a step back for people who, you know, would say we're in the enlightened world or something, right? Mm -hmm. This is, I mean, I don't know. It, this is a question that we feel has been settled for a generation and, like now, now it's it's back being a problem again for people, which is kind of nuts. And if these laws pass, then that is going to have negative effects on a lot of people's lives. Massive, yeah, yeah, which blows my mind. So again, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to understand that it's a nuanced argument, and I, I, I guess I'm I'm trying to. I don't want to come off too hard on David. I I agree that it is, and I, I'm glad that that's where a good conversation leads us. But at the at the end of the day, we've got a vote box to check, and. So right now it's not about the nuance. It's about you got to come down on this because if it's too nuanced, you're going to say, I can't decide on yes or no. And that's going to leave more people to say no or yes. However, the bill was phrased, right? I do have one point of light in all this. Uh, I recently had it pointed out to me that nowadays uh, most abortions can be ordered from India for not too much money to arrive in your mailbox uh, as long as it's within the first, I don't know, two, three months. Um, no one has to know about it. You don't have to consult with a, uh, a abortion clinic or your local lawmakers or anything. So, um, some abortions will, many abortions will not be affected at all by this law, assuming people know about the internet and how to order things. Spread the word. How does, uh, how do you order an abortion? Excuse me. How do you order an abortion from the internet? They have really good pills nowadays that you can take. Like an intense plan B, like a plan C pill. (laughs) Like a plan C pill. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's safe, very safe to assume that when Roe v. Wade gets overturned and Trump in, you know, his second term is helping push all this bullshit forward in the dark, in the darkest timeline, mm-hmm. they're going to go for plan B next. You right, know? right. So like, and they're going to, and this, and then plan C will be, you know, it'll be like shot as get, hard as it can. Yeah. It'll right? be like trying to get hard drugs. Which is totally doable, but you got to jump through a lot of hoops to do it. Right. right. So and you have to deal with the criminal element and stuff, right. which a lot of people don't want to. So, I mean, that's. 
This isn't. So yeah, it's not th- a road this, we this want is, to go on. This but it's is not immediate disaster. Either. This is the current trench, but they're not stopping here. Yes. Right. Yes. So the it. That's Don't nice. let the trench that, go. Yeah. But know that it's, you know, it's not all doom and gloom if we want to lose this one fight. We can keep fighting. We can retreat. Yeah. But we're losing. Yes. And the enemy will keep advancing. If, yeah, if we lose. Yeah. So, um, oh, I had something else on. Yeah, I guess, I mean, tying into, you know, plan B, you know, it's, this this isn't just about abortion and stuff either, right? This this is, without sounding like, you know, an, an internet Twitter troll, like this, this sounds like more... <sighs> what am i trying to i'm trying to put this somewhat charitably this isn't a an attack on women because we hate women and we don't want them to have rights we want them to be second class citizens again no doubt it's that for some people everybody who feels that way is is probably anti-abortion and anti-plan b and all that stuff but for the most part it's just this religious bullshit of oh we've got to keep babies safe because part of what i like about the bible has that part in it yeah Um, or it's just ignorance about what is a baby like I, i brought up last time the billboards that have a fully formed like maybe several month old or a right. year old baby smiling and it says heartbeat starts in as little as three or six weeks yeah and people look at this billboard and it's just you know emotional like you know heart jerker they they put those up they're not actually thinking about the fact that this is like something the size of your pinky fingernail that looks like a little blob of gum and has no nervous system or anything yet yeah they put these things up at on like college campuses and stuff too which, um, by the way, what is it with the popularity of your opponent's love killing babies arguments? Like, apparently, I. Because atheists eat babies, don't you know? No, but I mean, like, apparently, I didn't know this was as big a deal. Recently, I've been finding out a little bit more about Alex Jones. He has really graphic narratives about how liberals literally sacrifice babies and eat their blood in dark rituals to keep themselves looking young. Like, is that his as, excuse for looking like a piece of shit? <laughs> no, like as a literal thing, they're practicing black magic through blood sacrifice of babies. And this has been going along since at least the blood libel where Christians were saying that Jews killed Christian babies for their dark rituals. Like, what is it with people being scared that their political enemies murder babies for magic? I think it's just the strongest emotionally charged argument you can make against someone. Yeah, like, it's like the worst thing you can say about somebody that is hard to like falsify. Like if I charged you with baby eating, like unless there were. But how could eat. anyone possibly literally believe this? Well, according to Alex Jones, he doesn't literally believe anything, right? Yes, he's playing but a character on, according to his listeners, anyway. Money. Yeah, so I have no idea. I, I mean, I, I, and I, it's like you have the kind to of thing live I've, in a world that is truly dark and twisted. You have to feel like you're actually living in the darkest timeline. Yeah, I, I have, I have no clue what's going on, not going on in the head of that person. It, other than you know this bizarre conspiratorial thinking that's up there with like lizard people and alien probes and i mean maybe if you've been told your entire life by smart people you trust that you live in a world ruled by an evil demon that is trying to destroy everything good yeah which also if you watch the news but... there is a lot of really terrible things that happen all the time to the point where like if you watch the news a lot you can get into this mindset of like well i'll believe anything i hear at this point because mm. there's nothing horrible enough you know that someone wouldn't do it yeah i guess it just seems weird to think like that your coworkers go home and you know every full moon they they kill an infant or something right yeah. um they certainly gleefully slurp its blood from its it was just crazy shit certainly if anyone believed that like actually believe that about their coworkers, they'd do something right and yeah. that, that's that's kind of where i was, was uh when we recorded this last week with that commenter on reddit that like well that's why pizzagate guy took the gun to the pizza store that's that's why i mean they did it because they hated the clintons and they wanted to you know yeah but maybe, they maybe literally that... believed that there was some kind of baby slavery ring in that basement baby yeah. slavery ring 
Yeah, like uh, I have like child slavery and baby sacrifice and all sorts okay. of stuff going on. I was going to say, I'm imagining a baby slave. I'm like, what could it even do? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, their tears make the machine go, you see. Uh, right. You have them crawl on the little treadmill <laughs> to power your Like factory. a hamster wheel, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I This is the, the, the other thing that to me shows that this isn't really, or it indicates that this isn't really just about, you know, saving these poor innocent babies. Is that that the that the same people who are anti-abortion aren't pro-sex education, they aren't pro-contraception. Yeah. They're this this all falls back on the religious bullshit. Do you and see so, how like, much Colorado dropped um, pregnancy teen pregnancy rates with the free IUD thing? Yeah, I sent you that link. That was you that sent yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. that that was what that was what sparked my mind that I didn't bring up last time we talked about this was that if you really cared about reducing the number of abortions, you would take steps to reduce them that actually have been shown to work, like you know easy birth control access. Uh, better sex education and yet these people aren't for that they they t- seem to be again if you read between the lines of you know one line of scripture about not spilling your seed on the ground mm. um then you can say oh look you shouldn't use condoms either although we should we should stop us ourselves right now i get the feeling we're getting back on the track of villainizing the enemy like we're almost doing the same thing they do when they say all atheists kill and eat babies now we're like all these people are complete psycho lunatics that think that their opponents all kill any babies. I'm not saying Which in they, fairness is not probably not even the majority of them. I hope I'm, I'm not saying they are. And I'm not saying they're the majority, but I'm saying these people are out there. Unlike, yeah, unlike but we the, shouldn't unlike, focus on them. Unlike the people, unlike the, the imaginary baby eaters, they're not, there aren't prominent baby eaters in large congregations of them standing up and saying, yes, we do eat them. No, but right? there are some so, people so, that'll chain their family members in the basement. But, but those, on the but those once a decade, but, but what I'm getting at is that that comparison wasn't valid because the people that I'm criticizing actually exist and they exist in numbers. Yeah, but they're still so a like minority. This, Most people it's don't not, listen it's not to like Alex the, Jones. No, but the, no, I'm not talking about the Alex Jones listeners. I'm saying okay. that the people who are anti-abortion, anti-birth control, and anti-sex ed, right, those right. people do exist in droves. Yes, yes in in the do. in the dozens of millions. Yeah. So unlike, like you said, it's not it's not like them villainizing the baby eaters because those people don't actually exist. Right. What what I'm getting at is that there's not a secular argument for that position. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. No, that's completely then, true. Then the villainizing com- of birth control and sex ed. Yeah, there is no secular argument for that. And so if I'm, if I'm sounding irate, it's because I, I don't have any patience for someone's religious bullshit saying, look, I decided because I happened to be born to Christian parents that this is the one true word of the universe and I'm going to force it down your throat too. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, we're trying to talk just about abortion, not about the birth control and sex ed. And well, stuff. actually, can we go back to the commenter saying that... <laughs> This conversation is not actually about abortion, but apparently it's about Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, to some extent, yes, but also I think it's about abortion. Well, certainly, if you, like, one of us here on the podcast right now is capable of getting pregnant and capable of having an abortion. Well, certainly me and Inyash, and probably not David, are capable of having an abortion. So there's slippery slopes of, like, your vote counts twice, but I feel <laughs> like your vote counts more than ours. Yeah. My vote it, as it, far as abortion legalization or about what the conversation is about kind of both like if 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 the heartbeat bill isn't about abortion then what the fuck's it about right and granted that's not what david wasn't saying the heartbeat bill wasn't about abortion but this conversation is and we're talking about that we're talking about about the 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 creeping threat of religious bullshit being forced into the wombs of women across the country yeah right yes so what i'm getting at is that i i'm not trying to to call you out but you're in a position where you're uniquely qualified among the three of us to say i feel like i'm a, actually a victim here mm-hmm. so i'm 
don't know where I'm going with this other than <laughs> uh, if you think it's a, if you think it's about abortion or you want to bring it back to that, I, I'm 110% behind you. Is what I'm trying to say. I at least don't want to say that this is like this is like, not really a conversation about abortion. Like it, to you know some extent, yes, it's about these other things, but like no, I, it is about abortion. And yes, uh, as a assigned female person who is sexually active with assigned male people, sometimes I do have a personal stake in this, and it does concern me. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that that's that's where I'm at is me and Inyash and David can sit and philosophize about this, but to us, it's kind of merely philosophizing. And our, anyone, our lives aren't on the line here. And anyone who cares for a female assigned person should also care about this issue because it could directly affect the people we care about. Right. I'm feeling emotionally charged, which is my, <laughs> which is my uh, indication to myself to take a step back and... And, and read the next paragraph. And read the next paragraph. So this is the paragraph that really got me, which is why I wanted to read all the rest of the email. Uh, this paragraph is saying, There's no way that a nine-month-old fetus has rights, and even if they did, it would be permissible to abort them anyway, is not tough-minded. It's a way of refusing to live in an unfair universe. Real tough-mindedness is saying, Yes, if fetuses are morally relevant, abortion is a terrible tragedy of not, if not an outright atrocity, and no, there is not any evidence which clearly says fetuses aren't morally relevant. But we're going to keep the clinics open anyway because we did this cost-benefit calculation. Which was a direct callback to, God, I think like five or six episodes ago when we were talking about um, policy debates should not appear one-sided. Which is why he also said this abortion debate should not appear one-sided in his uh, subject line. Is that uh, we were saying that eventually... Yes, some woman is going to buy Dr. Snakey's acid medicine and kill herself drinking it and her children will be motherless. And it's not tough minded to say, you know, well, that's that's fine. We should have things anyway. It's refusing to see it as unfair. What we should say is, yes, that is abhorrent and it's terrible and it's not fair that she died. But we did the cost benefit calculation and it's better to have the store of banned goods anyway even though sometimes shit like that will happen. And uh, that's where I felt like I had kind of fallen down as a rationalist by not saying that sort of thing, even though I do disagree with it because I really don't think fetuses are people. Um, but I can see how other people who aren't as sure on these things might be more conflicted than I am, yet still come down on the side of abortion rights. Yeah, I'm more conflicted than you are, I think. Uh, I think that fetuses do have moral relevance. Uh, it scales from how developed they are. Um, but again, I don't think that it's like human, full <laughs> human with uh, memories and, you know, loved ones and so forth and so on level relevance. It's like maybe the chicken level, maybe mouse level, depending on, you know, how far along they're, how viable they would be outside the womb. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I think that like, you know, that things, I think, St uh, Stephen, you were saying earlier that like you think different things do have moral relevance, but it scales up or down and you have to like make sure that you're taking that into account. Yeah, I mean, my position is I'm super pro-choice, but I don't think I don't think like abortions are awesome, and the universe gets a little brighter every time one happens, right? <laughs> so, you know, and I th I, th I see what what you were saying, Inyash, that like you weren't being quote unquote tough-minded. That's just your actual position, mm. um, and that's that's totally fine. But you're, so you're not you're not you're not refusing to deal with it. You're saying no, I have dealt with it, and this is my my thought-out solution. Where somebody else could just say I'm being tough by saying this. Um, you know, this is just like a taboo trade-off question, right? Which is a post way later on. But the the idea that you're not even, like, you're kind of morally repugnant for just, like, acknowledging that these things are both valuable and we're picking one over the other. Yeah. Which, that happens all the time. Yeah. And people are in these situations a lot. You know, if you've ever been in a situation 
where I mean, like we had to put my cat down, like, I guess three years ago. And it would have been possible with another $5,000 of the surgery to maybe save her life. Right. And yet at the time it's like, well, that's $5,000 that I'd, you know, I'd go into more debt for and it sucks, but unfortunately, and you know, I was ruined about it. I still don't have a new cat and I still sad about it, but like, uh, it was just, it's a trade off. You know, this $5,000 is very valuable and like, but to say, if, if, if someone were to say, if someone were to solve that, like personal moral dilemma by saying, you know what? I just decided the cats don't matter. That's how I'm, I'm going to like, that's, that's the quote bullshit tough-minded stuff right yeah um so and i think the world would probably be a bit better if people on on the pro-abortion side could say to the people on the anti-abortion uh i think this is a tragedy and i come down on this side but i see why you're on that side even though i disagree with you i don't think you're a monster and likewise that the person on the anti-abortion side could say to the people on pro-abortion side the same thing i think it's a tragedy and it's enough of one that i'm willing to fight to make this more restricted but i understand that you draw the line in a different way and you're not a monster either yeah i just wish we could all band together and give people free iud's yes yeah the 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 ideal solution yeah i i if if that's that that to me is yeah for for discourse level solution that seems like the best place like to meet meet in a place where you can at least understand where your opponent's coming from and say you're not you're not an idiot you're not a monster you're not you know whatever pejorative i think you're mistaken on one of your one or two of your key assumptions here but i get where you're coming from and you're not a bad person honestly i think that would be so much of a social good to give everyone um free iud's at age 14 or we're at ever age that uh i i would be willing to make some compromises on putting some restrictions on abortion in exchange for that because i don't think it would come up nearly as often as a necessity if we had that yeah i agree yeah Certainly for like the simplicity, someone could argue be like, well, what if it's bad for them? You know, what if someone's allergic to copper or something? And right, right. What, like, but edge cases aside, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, look, we outlawed abortion, but we also made it like next to impossible for you to need one. So we're yeah. in good shape here, right? And I that still wouldn't say like, total outlaw abortion. There's always cases of, you know, the fetus is grossly misformed or something. That, yeah, uh, a lot of abortions are medically necessary to save the life of the mother. Yeah. Like the fetus is not viable after three months and either you can like give birth to a dead baby nine months later yeah. <laughs> or you can get it pumped out of you. Right. Or it can sit in you and die and cause sepsis and kill you. Yeah, so, that's what I was which, saying. Yeah, if you read between the lines, I forget if it's Alabama or Georgia, but one of those doesn't take that into account. Right. And so... And there could be also exceptions for if you had the IED removed because you wanted a child with your husband, but then you were raped, then I would still, you know... There should be exceptions, but I'd be okay with it being a bit more restrictive if it was almost impossible to uh, to get pregnant. Totally. I still think the bodily autonomy thing, so I wouldn't actually okay. <laughs> unrestrict yeah. abortion, but I am definitely very pro giving people IUDs for free if they want one. Right. You know that uh, they also suppress having periods, which is amazing. I'm, and to be clear, I think it I'm depends not... on the IUD. It... I heard the copper ones actually make periods a little worse. Um, I have the copper one. It got oh, rid really? of my period. And uh, I had like endometriosis. So until I was like in my 20s, uh, once a month, I would just be like in horrible crippling pain for several days at a time. Oh, There's Jesus. a lot of people that have that. Yeah. And that, that, that made that not happen anymore. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. That's dope. Yeah. To be clear, my, my actual position isn't that I think we should ban abortion and force IUDs. No. I'm, but uh, And I don't think yours was either. But no, I wanted no. to be clear that if we were to meet in the middle, that would be a not worst outcome. Yes. Um, But not the one I want. Yes. Yeah. Um, we should really put in your your comment reminded me of uh, 
that key and peel sketch where they're explaining periods to a group of like to an audience mm-hmm. i'll find that and send that that'll be our our comic relief for the episode okay right. it could use it yeah, yeah totally <laughs> To finish this off, uh, David says, if you want a more detailed treatment of all these arguments, see this post by Mike Humer, which is where he got most of what he said, I guess. I didn't actually read the post because I thought his summary was well done. But uh, we will la- uh, we will link Mike Humer's more detailed treatment as well. Cool. And for whatever posterity, I'm pretty sure that was also Hitch's position, that abortions suck and they're a drag, but we should have them. Okay. And frankly, that's the position of every civilized whatever politician on the subject, right? I think that was Bill Clinton's famous quote. Hmm. Abortions should be safe, legal, and rare. Okay. Right? Um, was that Clinton? I have no idea like who said that. It sounds like it. It was definitely a Democrat, but yeah. I think it was Clinton. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's my, uh, my that's, I don't know, I think all of my thoughts on abortion. Yeah. So, uh, and I learned stuff. That was a really fun conversation. Yeah, I, me I, too. I hadn't considered that middle of the road Again, compromise isn't where I want to go, but it, you know. You have to live with other humans. Right. Uh, I got everything I got wanted out. Did you have anything to finish with? Nope, that's uh, it for me. Well, for those who stuck around through this, I hope it wasn't too terrible. That's why it's a bonus content. Exactly. All right. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Later.